Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start this episode, please, everyone, follow Pop Apologist wherever you're listening to this podcast. So if it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, either follow or subscribe, wherever that button is, it'll make sure you get episodes as they come out and it'll really help us with our downloads. Like we need everyone to please do this. And then if you like what you hear today, share it on your Instagram stories and tag us. We're forever grateful. If you're feeling like Mother Teresa or extremely generous, please leave us a five-star review if you also feel called to that. Yes. All right. And with that, let's get to the episode. Okay. Well, 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 welcome to another episode of Pop Apologist Chandler. It's been a minute. Yes. I missed last week's Patreon but I think that was actually for the best because you were able to be unshackled and unsheathed <laughs> and unhinged truly in the best way. I listened to it yesterday while coming home from work, dying, laughing. Oh my god! I just honestly feel like you maybe, I don't know if you took a drug before. I don't know if you <laughs> Kagan was like, green light, green light. And then you pop something and then you record it. <laughs> green light, green light. Chandler's not going to be on this recording. Here's your yes. medication. Literally. Like, I don't know. Whatever you took, keep taking it because it was so good. So anyways. It's good for business. It's it's good for business. Seriously. Performance enhancing drugs are permitted on Pop Apologists. Thank you so much. That's so nice. It did feel so good to be unshackled from, you know, any sort of censorship in 2023 and just allow our listeners to bathe in my stream of thought. Gross. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. It was truly unhinged. I did call you after and we had like a moment where you were like, what did you say? But let's move forward. Yeah. You were very excited about how much you were able to say. <laughs> the episode wasn't... I don't know. I didn't find it to be as inflammatory as I nervously thought it was going to be. So I think what it was is it was just your most enraged stream of consciousness, which I found to be refreshing. I like to bathe in it. To be honest with you, I was also just like unafraid to really just say really weird shit and like pull in quotes from random people mm -hmm. and say what really felt true to my soul about the Vanderpump reunion part two. So anyway, I'm excited Do you know what struck to... Me? What? 
what struck me about that episode was really you putting your philosophy degree to good work, making your professors and cohorts proud because you were pulling in Plato's cave and, you know, other, <laughs> other nods and allusions to, you know, really unpack the Vanderpump rules part two reunion. <laughs> and I just thought about how proud you must make all your professors. <laughs> it got biblical. Okay. Yes. There was ancient wisdom expressed mm-hmm. in that reunion, but I also had moments of true stupidity where I couldn't remember about the Cold War. Okay. You couldn't remember like Gorbachev. Like, I don't actually know if that's the way you say that person's name, but I even know who Gorbachev was. Bring down the wall. I couldn't even remember the president who said it. It was a fugue state episode. So everyone needs to listen to it. Quick note on Gorbachev. Mom would always talk about that moment of like bringing down the wall and like she would get very like emotional. So I have a very emotional tie to that as well through her, through osmosis. But I I was not around or present. So it's shocking that you didn't remember. Let's move forward to today's episode. Chandler, I have an exciting update for you. You ready? A personal update? A personal update. Okay. I have sold officially my wedding dress. Are you getting a divorce? (laughs) thankfully no i did not fire sell it out of spite but i sold my wedding dress and i want to normalize selling wedding dresses because as a bride i found the shopping process for wedding dresses to be Mm -hmm. extremely daunting yep you look down at price tags and you're like what it's inconceivable it's unimaginable and so for me the way I justified the price of my wedding dress was I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to sell it when I'm done. And I want to share this philosophy in case it brings some some sort of peace to brides as they're shopping for wedding dresses. They can you know, spring for the one they really want, knowing that they will give it to another bride once they're done. Mm-hmm. Or just kind of like normalize you know, not feeling like you have to hang on to it forever. So these are my philosophical points about selling your wedding dress. Okay. okay? Buckling in. First of all, I think that your wedding dress is meant to be ephemeral, something for the moment. And I think there's something really beautiful about instead of having it sit in a box, just Mm -hmm. taking up space in your garage, in your storage area, in a room in your house, in your closet, letting it go have a second life, like letting it go get worn by someone who will equally adore it. Yeah. Second of all, a wedding dress stored in a home puts unnecessary pressure on the daughters in that home. It's like mm. someone's got to make use out of this wedding dress. Totally. Future generations, you know? it becomes their trauma. <laughs> it becomes their burden to bear. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the styles are going to change. Your daughter's not going to wear your wedding dress. Right. Your granddaughter is definitely not going to. Right. That is like a one in a million chance. So anyway, I think that is a very astute point if I do say so myself. Well, also best case scenario is that it becomes raw materials for like a new dress. It gets cut up and, you know, sewn into something completely different. But again, that puts so much pressure on like all the future brides in your family. Mom, literally growing up, she would tell me, she would tell us if your mother-in-law ever is like brings you her dress and is like, I would love for you to wear this. She was like, here's your excuse. You're going to say, I've always dreamed of the day where I'm going to shop for my dress with my mom. (laughs) Mom like pre-programmed this into us as we were like kindergartners. I don't remember that. But I believe that that happened. So anyway, I just think that is another point. And then finally, 
I wanted to transform my wedding dress into something that can be actually worn every day. So yeah. I wanted to take the money and purchase something like a piece of jewelry, something that it's with me all the time. And so now I'm so excited because I'm like dreaming and fantasizing about what I'm going to potentially purchase with this money. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my dress like on my wrist or on my finger or, or whatever. Yeah. So these are my thoughts. And you know what? Come at me if you disagree and we can hold a debate. I loved those points. I think they all check out for me. You told me about selling your wedding dress and you know, it definitely gave me a lot of faith and hope for that future day for myself because I realized I don't have to like basically lose a bunch of money in the wedding dress endeavor. 100%. Absolutely not. You can also, by the way, get one that's pre-owned and you can give it a second life. Like right. it's beautiful. Two questions for you. How yeah. much of your wedding dress costs were you able to recoup? You don't have to say how much your dress was and how much you sold it for, but how much? I don't know how to add or subtract. So I'm getting out my calculator. Okay. And it's going to take me a second because I'm not okay. even sure I know how to. So what you're going to do, do the amount you sold your wedding dress for, you're going to divide that by. I got 61% of the value back. Wow. The, okay. That's amazing. Of what I paid for it. And that's with all your self tanner <laughs> staining it, right? Chandler, it is 8 a.m. Okay. So you are awake this morning. <laughs> I think 61% is a staggering resale value. Anyway, that is something I wanted to share. Thank Um, you. What's going on with you? As you spoke about, I've been very, very busy at work. And I don't even know if I have the emotional bandwidth to unpack that. But I will say that I am hopefully going to be in a better spot in about a month from now. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. I did not get laid off. I'll just tell everyone that. I was not under, you know, extreme work dress because I got laid off. And I ended up going camping this weekend just to, you know, put a cherry on top of my already hectic week. And going camping when you live in New York City is a special kind of hell because you don't have the storage space for camping gear. So you essentially have to beg, steal, borrow, rent, buy, Amazon rent. Um, I wish Ben abided by more of the Amazon rental policy, but he doesn't. He went to REI and treated himself. I will say that he told me that he bought a two-person sleeping bag, which I thought was cute and cozy. And we head out on our first night of camping. And you know, it's 1 a.m. by the time we get back to our little tent. And he unfurls what is a one-person sleeping bag. Stop. A grave error had been made at REI, you know, a huge oversight and blunder on his part. And I just kind of stared in disbelief. I was just kind of like, after the week that I've had, right? I almost went full mom after everything I've done for you, after the day that I've had. Anyways, he's overhearing me, you know, ran over the coals for this mistake, but it was a grave error. And I just kind of was like, I can't believe, am I going to have to go sleep in the Accord? Which honestly would probably be much more comfortable. So what did you do? Well, thank God he had actually somewhat prepared for worst case scenario. And so we had several extra blankets and we were able to unfurl the sleeping bag. We basically just like laid it out flat and then we had extra blankets. But, you know, were you freezing? No, I wasn't freezing. Ben just wanted to correct the record. He said it looked exactly like the double sleeping bag. Yes, it did. I'm sure it looked like that, but you should always double check the label. Do you want to come on the record right now? And do you want to say anything? Do you want to apologize to me? I'd like a public apology. (laughs) 
He says he would like me to be nicer about the lovely weekend we had. We did have a <laughs> lovely weekend besides that huge blunder. And, you know, frankly, it's Ben's responsibility to make sure that everything is perfect for our vacations. And that's and not on life. me. And in my life. And I'm not going to take responsibility for, you know, a vacation that we both decided to go on. It's, you know, <laughs> it's his responsibility. So with that trial behind me, we actually were able mm-hmm. to have a lovely time and return back to New York to our, you know, essentially tent of an apartment. Oh, please. Your apartment is so cute. I'm just happy that you had a weekend in nature. I know the sleeping arrangements were not ideal, but did you find some rejuvenation in Mother Earth? Oh, I absolutely did. And for what it's worth, after coming back from the camping trip, Ben and I talked about how we do want to be a family that camps with like our kids someday. And so we're just going to have a really dialed in setup. And I do look forward to getting even better at the experience. And, you know, I'm grateful for being pushed out of my comfort zone. So there you go. Hope you're happy. Ben is really good because he is like, no, we're actually going to be skiers. Like you're going to get the clothes and you're going to buy the pass. Like instead of buying a stupid $400 dress or just like spending too much money unnecessarily on all sorts of random crap and not being responsible and just being really bad with finances and just like not having good priorities, you are (laughs) going to get a ski pass and we're going to enjoy nature together and we're going to go outside. And I think that for Bledsoe girls, we really need the push. Like we, we do need, need a benevolent dictator to get us to be rigorous. And it's it's sometimes some tough love really does us some good. No, it's absolutely true. We need the push. We need a little bit of that, you know, kick in the pants to be like, no, you're gonna you're gonna actually fully commit to this experience. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times where we have been chatting about future vacations that I want to go on. And Ben has said, you know, let's just be mindful of all the PTO we want to take or all the, the time we want to spend skiing in December. And I've been like, oh, yeah, you're right. I love it. I love it, too. And I definitely have a bad attitude. I'll be honest. But once I am actually doing the thing, I feel so proud of myself. And I I do feel like Ben has made me into a more interesting, more adventurous person, even if I complain the entire time. So anyways. Right. Chandler's Instagram bio for a long time was I'll go, but I'll complain the whole time. I think it still is that, to be honest. It's it's still still reflective of who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, can I tell you about an experience in nature I just had and that I have a tip for everyone? Oh, yeah. Did you go outside your apartment? (laughs) So for the first time in years, I went outside my apartment of my own volition (laughs) because I've realized my brain is kind of broken in certain ways. Like I used to be a person that, and Chandler can attest to this, like she could take the stand, hand on the Bible and not perjure herself saying that I used to run the beach trail like every day. Your honor, Lauren Bledsoe (laughs) used to run the San Clemente beach trail. And, you know, I can also attest to the fact that she also used to camp with an ex-boyfriend. Hand of the square. Yes. I used to enjoy being outside and I used to get myself outside and I used to run and I used to like crave it. And I just got mm-hmm. so out of the habit that I lost that routine. I lost that habit. Yeah. And so for me, I've decided that I really want to start doing that again, but it's always been so tough because I'm like, I got to run, but I don't really want to run here in Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's too hot. Running on the beach is too hard. And so anyway, yesterday I was like, I'm going to go sit on the beach. Kagan was like, let's go. We're not going to bring our phones. Like, let's just go sit on the beach. Okay. Like two hominids. So anyway, we did. And it was so hot. It was so sandy. And Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, I was just like, this is too much for me. 
You do live yeah. in Puerto Rico slash Costa Rica <laughs> slash Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it's it's been unseasonably hot. Like there's like okay. health warnings right now about like Gosh. be careful while going outside. It's like okay. 96, 97. Oh wow. Yeah. That's so hot. it was super hot and we came back in because we couldn't bear it. I went back out an hour later, but I was just like, I'm not going to set this unnecessary expectation that I'm gonna go outside and I'm going to look at the sky and I'm gonna commune with yep. nature and I'm just going yep. to be like, why don't I just go outside and bring my phone and listen to a podcast and go on Instagram? But I'll be by the beach. Totally. And it really was so nice. And so anyway, perfect is the enemy of good, everyone. So true. And baby steps really are advised from my personal experience. First of all, I think it's really sweet that Kagan wanted to go have a moment with you without your phone. I think that's very cute. It was cute. It was, you know, misery and you, you know, very quickly decided to abort mission. (laughs) Well, this is, you know, what I've always said to you, you know, even when you had some darker times earlier this year, like just go outside, literally bring a glass of wine or like, or don't bring your phone or a podcast or whatever vice you want to bring. And just like, just get out of the indoor space. Like, it's just so nice to Mm -hmm. feel the sun on your face, even if, you know, it's while you're looking down at Instagram. And honestly, Ashley always has some quote that's like, never trust a thought you have indoors, um, which I think is really smart. Right. And honestly, like, I love everything Lauren Bostic is doing. I love the Skinny Confidential. But like, I also think there's a, a powerful message of like, get the fuck into the sun. Like, just get into the sun. Well, I think, I think her message is more like, I'll be in the sun, but I'm going to cover every you know surface of my body, which is fine. But I also think it's actually okay if every now and then like you face the sun unbridled. That's the right word. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No tea, no shade. Like literally adore her. Don't Please know have her. us on your would podcast. To, at some point. Confidential. We would love to be on. At some point, I would love to. Kagan, like literally. <laughs> okay. I'll just take the moment. I was in a very important meeting, like a huge important meeting. I'm out here. It's a big deal. Yeah. With this very thoughtful brand that had put together a presentation for us. Yeah. And I'm 15 minutes into it. This is a whole shenanigan. But I got home from my trip to St. Bart's last weekend and their Wi-Fi was not working in our home. Yes. There was just a lot of problems. Okay. So anyway, long story short, Kagan was working on the Wi-Fi. I'm in this very important meeting. We thankfully had Wi-Fi up, but I guess he went to go optimize it. And the Wi-Fi setup is feet away from this table where I record and do all my meetings. Yeah. And he just blazes right past what I'm doing and just unplugs the Wi-Fi. Unplugs. Just unplugs. The meeting goes dark. Meanwhile, I had gone to Starbucks right before the meeting thinking I needed to take it there. And then 10 minutes before, he's like, Wi-Fi is back on. You can come back and take it here. So then I'm in the middle of the meeting and he just waltzes right by me and unplugs it. You know what that unplug says? I don't care what? about your career. I don't take you seriously as a businesswoman. <laughs> no, I. what I think it says is you have car blanche spending budget. <laughs> I just got everything. We don't need you to ever make any money. Here's my credit card. That's what I think it says. Oh, totally. Actually, that is what it said. And I'm so glad he communicated that to you. Congratulations. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. 
Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cube frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD Gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Okay. Everyone heard my thoughts on Vanderpump Rules. We need to hear your thoughts on Vanderpump yeah. Rules. Well, okay. First of all, let me say, I watched this reunion in two parts because I didn't really honestly have the time to sit down and watch it at length. The first half that I watched was during one of my very late night working sessions. We had to wait for something to get done, essentially in the wee hours in the morning. And we didn't have anything to do but wait. So I made everyone at work watch Vanderpump Rules, the uncensored version, which was a treat. It, you know, it was honestly... <laughs> perfect work activity. Anyways, it was like a, you know, 1.30 a.m. It was very crazy to watch this reunion with people who do not know the show because I felt like it was very explosive. It mm. was very raw. You know, James storming off. Like, it was so, like, so the real. tempers and the, the emotions were turned up to, I would say, a 9 or a 10 almost the entire time. That, like, mm -hmm. watching it with people who were not familiar with the show, I, I almost feel like I need to say, like, you know, it's not always like this, but it kind of always is like this. Oh, you want to say, like, you don't know how good you have it? Like, this is <laughs> the best of the best. This is the best right. we've ever seen. Totally. Like, this is totally. historic. Yeah. I do want to say, did you think that James Kennedy was doing coke, which is why he kept leaving, or no? Honestly... That's a really good question. I don't know what it would be like to be addicted to Coke so much that you would need it to function, Yeah, obviously. So I honestly couldn't tell you. It would be like someone asking me, do you think that James was doing, I don't know, like ashwagandha? I don't know. I've never right. tried it. Right, right, right. What do you think? I do as think a Coke addict, very, what do you think? As a Coke addict, <laughs> I think it's very weird that he like wanted to leave so much or that he felt like he needed to pee. I feel like I don't know, maybe he had a UTI and he just wasn't, you know, prepared to share that on, on camera, but it is very weird that he like constantly was trying to walk off screen to go have a moment. See, I pee constantly. And so that for me was very relatable. I mean, I guess you don't know too how long this part two was filmed over. If it was like three hours or 90 minutes hours. or whatever. Part two was, was filmed six over six hours. Right. But I'm just saying like how long this particular episode. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, 
I want to get into the moment when they break and Tom Sandoval asks for a break off camera. I just don't think we've ever seen this man in a more frantic state. Well, that's what I loved about it because it just revealed so much. It revealed that he knows what he's doing. Yes. And I'm so capable of being swindled by a narcissist. So I think it was really revealing for me to be like, oh, wait, his relationship with Ariana was not what he said it was. It was not so pathetic and terrible. Mm -hmm. It was also devoid of lust and passion. Like he's a liar. He's He's a liar. Lying. Right. And I just get fooled so quickly. Yeah. I think it was also for me strangely satisfying to see how frantic and clearly unstable he was, you know, when he's like yelling at that production assistant or whatever. And clearly he is having to suffer. And I, and Mm -hmm. I wanted to frankly see him suffer on camera because he, you know, he can't have a moment to himself. I'm sorry. You were on a reality television show and you have literally the point. It's literally the point you were being paid to be there. You know, and the producer was like, you can go have a moment by yourself and eat lunch. Like, you know, if you're just eating lunch by yourself, you know, you can have a moment where, Mm -hmm. you know, the camera might be filming you eating lunch by yourself, but you don't have to talk, you know, Mm -hmm. but he clearly wanted to have a moment with Raquel where they could talk cameras down and, you know, get into more nitty gritty stuff, maybe get their story straight before she was to come on. And we did actually see photos of them talking cameras like that remember the tmz photos of them like during the reunion where he looks like a vampira and like he's just like it's so bad (laughs) that must have been after that must have been after after everything wrapped i just don't think they would have allowed that i think they did no way they snuck off i don't know if you caught it but they took off their mics and they snuck off Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe we're going to see hidden camera footage or camera footage of that conversation. I don't know. But that to me is like such a grave failure of just like, I don't even want to say Bravo. I just want to say for like documentarians everywhere, for the people who invented the camera and the microphone, like the idea that Michael Moore is quaking. (laughs) No, like Thomas Edison, who invented lenses? Like they're like turning in their grave right now that Mm -hmm. these men of valor did not pick up their cameras and just chase after them. Right. 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 I need to calm down. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry to bring that up. Another grave error, huge moment was when Andy asked Tom Sandoval if he thought that Sheena had punched Raquel and Tom Sandoval, you pointed this out, took the longest pause. I mean, I was starting to feel anxious the longer that pause went on because like if I was Raquel watching that, I mean, I'm sure she died inside because Mm -hmm. it was just a very clear moment where he could have just been like, yeah, I think there was an altercation, you know, and Mm -hmm. his friendship with Sheena long gone. He could burn Mm -hmm. that bridge or at least, you know, take Raquel's side in that moment, but he couldn't even do that. He basically made the whole thing look like a lie. I think that, Tom Sandoval's backed into a corner right now because he basically, I think that he doesn't want to lose Raquel as his like feeding source of his narcissism. Sure. And he's going to do whatever he can to keep her around. He wants her devotion. He wants to go do his play band and then he wants to have her on dial. Adoring. Hook up with other girls. He wants it all and he doesn't care about her. Okay. Right. And I just think that he's yes. backed in such a hard place because in order to put all these chess moves into place, he has to perform all of these acts. He has to lie, 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 lie. And lying is exhausting. Like lying is so tiring because you have to remember all the lies. Right. 
Absolutely. But he clearly doesn't care about her because I think if he truly cared about her, he would be writing for her more. And he's not. What do you mean writing for her in what way? Well, I think he would have just been on her side about the Sheena altercation thing. He didn't have to say that I think Sheena punched her, decked her. He could say, I think there was an altercation or like, I think Mm. that, you know, something went down with Sheena and Raquel, you know, where Sheena was physical. You know, there was a bunch of ways where you could have, you know, use semantics. But I just thought I thought in that moment he didn't actually care enough or he just wasn't willing to go to the mat for Raquel. See, I read that the issue was that it was defamation, that he could have been sued if he said that Sheena actually punched Raquel because that whatever that could do to any brand endorsements she has, mm. if she can prove that's materially false. And that's the reason Raquel dropped it because right. literally it puts them in a very precarious position where right. Sheena can take legal action. I do wonder if there was a conversation with between Raquel and Tom where she was, I'm going to go file a restraining order against Sheena. Like, I wonder if he encouraged her to do that or if he was involved in, in any part. But anyways, I, I wouldn't think that's be surprised if Tom Sandoval is involved in every single thing Raquel is doing. And I just also want to say that what's so hilarious to me is that they had three weeks to prepare for this reunion between the time the affair was found out mm-hmm. and the time they filmed the reunion. I mean, have we ever seen like our dad prepare for trial? Three weeks is right. a long time. Right. Like get out all the discovery, get in the conference right. room, lay right. out the binders, mm-hmm. put together the flow chart. Right. Remember the basic facts of when you're going to pretend that Schwartz knew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are coming to this trial so unprepared is right. frankly, I mean, it is like Elaine Bredehoff adjacent. Who's that? That is um, Amber Heard's attorney. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Thank you. Forgot about her. I completely agree. Okay. I want to get into another moment. Okay. That just continues to show the messiness of this entire cast. I already mentioned it earlier briefly, but green light, green light. Oh my gosh. These people are so messy. And oh, I was sorry. I just realized what you were talking about. The pill bottle. Uh, Yes. I'm not talking about Matthew McConaughey's book. I was like, green light, green light. Okay, she's going to say what it was. I'm not playing Red Rover. (laughs) When Tom Sandoval turns to Schwartz and goes green light, green light, when they are miked, when there are cameras everywhere. These people are idiots. So that Tom Schwartz can pull out a full fudging pill bottle. Not even just like a discreet (laughs) pill that's in his pocket, like a mint. No, they are so (laughs) messy. I cannot even begin to describe how messy they are. 13, 10 years later, I don't know how, however long this show has been going on. And that is one of, you know, the crowning glories, I will say, of Vanderpump Rules. Ever heard of an Altoid box? Ever heard of a Tic Tac? Do you know how easy it is to just put it in something else? Like these people, some of their elevators do not go to the top. And it is a joy to watch on our screens. It is. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite expressions used, by the way. The elevator doesn't go to the top. I was ready for you to tell me it was offensive. No, I think it's hilarious. Another bit of news that broke in the last, you know, three to four days um, is that Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy are no longer ensconced. Um, mm. The back grid photos have shriveled and dried up. And, you know, Maddie has gone back on tour in Europe for the 1975 and sources have confirmed that, you know, the two have split up. And I just right. want to say, I want to just clear the air on this. And maybe I don't know if I've expressed this, but these two have never made sense to me. I think that Taylor literally, you know, she takes up 60% of my subconscious thoughts these days. So I know a little bit about her, 
Taylor is a little too on the nose and Maddie is a little too cool. These two were always like oil and vinegar, oil and water, whatever. And I just never fully understood their connection because I just feel like they operate in like different pop star stratospheres. And I'm not saying one is better Mm. than the other. Actually, I'll say that I think Taylor is obviously bigger and incredible than the 1975, even though I do like the 1975. But I, yeah, I just, I never thought these two were going to last. I do think it's interesting because there was so much fan backlash. I do wonder how much that played into maybe Tree Payne having a come to Jesus moment with Taylor. A mighty change of heart. But... The last thing I'm going to say on this subject, because, you know, it was only essentially like a three week long relationship. We've all been there. I just think we're going to see a lot more of Taylor's love life via Backgrid. We absolutely are. We're going to see a lot more candidates. We're going to see a lot more fashion. Taylor is going to be in our lives a lot more thanks to Joe Allen finally hitting the bricks. And the one thing I will say is I think Maddie Healy served a really important purpose in Taylor's life. Mm-hmm. I think Taylor for so long strived to be so likable. And she strived to be the good girl. Right. And she f- tried to follow all the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And even f- trying to be so perfect, she was castigated. And yep. the public just gave her a horrible time for things that if a boy was doing them, just like she said in her song, mm-hmm. The Man, it would have been a chaste, mm-hmm. virtuous mm-hmm. you know, trajectory. So I think Maddie Healy has a certain level of DGAF attitude. Yes. Yep. Gaffness that Taylor really needs. Okay. Because I think that he hopefully showed her that she can be a little more empowered to Mm -hmm. stop trying to be what people want her to be. And I think she's so far down that road already, but I want to see her really explode into it. Um, And I think that's the function Maddie served in her life. And yeah, I'm here for it. And I'm here for the breakup because I agree with people though, that this was not a correct match Mm -hmm. um, and they were not meant to procreate and multiply and replenish the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just so happy that the famine of Joe Allen and you know, the photos of their romance is over and that we are, you know, are now going to be living in the feasting era. And thank you to Backrit as well. There are seasons for everything, Chandler, and the sun has finally come out. Okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. spring is upon us after a long winter. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about another piece of news that has come out. So ah, Chandler, did you hear a dissolution? So Natalie oh, yes. Portman Mm-hmm. And Benjamin Millipede, well, it's not a dissolution just yet. Yeah. However, it is a fundamental betrayal of trust. Yeah. So Natalie Portman's husband, Benjamin Millipede, 45, recently had an affair with a 25-year-old climate activist, Camille Etienne. Oh, Ugh, please, gosh. you guys, I'm so sorry. But if I mispronounce that, do not damn me. Like, what do you expect? A climate enthusiast, an activist, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let me just pause for a heavy eye roll. Okay, so Natalie's 41, Benjamin's 45. He has had an affair with a 25-year-old climate activist, Camille Etienne. Oh, gosh. So a source says that it was short-lived. This is a quote from People. By the way, if something's in People, everyone, that means that this is basically the word of the celebrity. So this is basically their statement. It was short-lived and it is over. He knows he made an enormous mistake and he's doing all he can to get Natalie to forgive him and keep their family together. Natalie is incredibly private and has no intention of playing this out in the media. Her biggest priority is protecting her children and their privacy. All right. I just, I'm going to state some facts and I'm going to allow people to draw their own conclusions. So Chandler, do you want to hear how Natalie and Benjamin met? Yes, I would love to. On the set of Black Swan in 2009, 
where he taught her to dance. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So they currently have two children. Mm-hmm. And let's get into the affair a little bit more. So photographs published in French magazine show some evidence of the affair. And the magazine says in early March, the star of the Star Wars saga discovered that her husband was having an affair with a young woman. The magazine published images of Benjamin and Camille going into his office separately on May 24th and exiting 10 minutes apart almost two hours later. That timeline makes it seem like the affair was going on for at least a few months. Natalie and Benjamin's marriage was definitely on around that time, despite rumors of rocky times in 2022. They were at the Beyonce concert in Paris May 26th and were photographed kissing at dinner on May 29th. Okay, so let's get into who Camille Etienne is. Most Americans have never heard of Camille Etienne, but she's better known in France. She's friends with Greta Thunberg, classic, Classic, has made a number of short films on the environment and written the book for an ecological uprising, overcoming our collective powerlessness. Apparently she's never read Nietzsche. (laughs) The will to power lady, like get a grip. She was also named by French Vanity Fair as one of the 50 French women who made 2020. Okay. I already know she would hate us. Oh my gosh. She does not listen to our podcast and we don't want her as a listener, by the way. It's fine. Okay? Yeah. This is a one-star reviewer after just like one slip of the tongue. So this is very frustrating and sad. And I totally understand everyone searching their souls right now thinking, how could someone cheat on someone as beautiful, smart, and as talented as Natalie Portman? Here are a few things to consider everyone. And I'm just speaking facts. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got a vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansymboleats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansymboleats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Let's take a look at how Benjamin and Natalie's relationship began. Okay. As an affair. Proceed. Natalie Portman and Benjamin Millipede met in November 2009 on the set of Black Swan, for which he did the choreography. It was a classic muse and artist scenario. He was likely awed by her dedication, talent, and skill, making it so easy for him to fall in love with her. The problem? At the time, Benjamin was in a long-term live-in relationship with principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater, Isabella Boylston. Mm. Benjamin and Isabella had an East Village apartment and had just finished traveling the world together when Benjamin began his work on Black Swan. Now, we are not saying that Natalie's in the wrong for her husband's affair in 2023, 
but we are saying that a pattern of cheating on your fantastic partner is clear. Okay. Yeah. And being unable to sustain monogamy seems to be something that is very much in his character. Yeah. Oh, Lauren's exhausted from this research. It's giving Tristan cheating on Chloe. Okay. Mm -hmm. He left his pregnant mm -hmm. girlfriend for Chloe. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is sad, but this is not the first time he did this. Mm -hmm. And I just think we need to, as women, see patterns and we, we need to have discernment. And I'm not placing blame. I just yeah. think we need context for this, right? Because it's helpful to know that there were clues. It's actually more disturbing for me if this guy was just like the most upstanding of men right. and suddenly he had fallen. Right, right. I completely agree. I think that you need to look at how men operate in their relationships, whether that's their previous history, whether it's how they talk about their exes. You know, I think yes. if a man refers to his ex, if all of his exes are crazy, you will probably mm -hmm. become a crazy girl to him one day, a crazy woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just have to look at the way that their brain operates around women and, you know, and, and their past history. And the other thing is, is it's not about you. Like it's mm -hmm. not about you not mm -hmm. being enough. It's about them being insecure. Right. Like here's a list of women who've been cheated on in addition to Natalie Portman. Beyonce, Sienna Miller, Sandra Bullock, Jennifer Garner, Halle Berry, Lauren Atkinson. I mean, icons of our time. <laughs> you caught me off guard. I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting used to the name. I was cheated on, not married, obviously, but I just not think by that Kagan as well. Let's just clear definitely the air. not by Kagan. Let's yeah. clear that air. I just think that it's so important to know. And it's hard to let this lesson sink in because when it happens to you, you're just so, it's so hard not to feel like it's something wrong with you, mm -hmm. but it is literally about that person's need for validation. Right. It's about their lack of moral scruples, mm -hmm. their insecurities, their issues with commitment. The lack of work they have probably done on themselves. Like, it's not like if you've yes. cheated on someone, you can never come back from that or you can't heal. Totally. But I just think your cheater better be in weekly therapy with better help. Yeah. Like it is adjacent, I think, to recovering from alcohol abuse or recovering some, from mm -hmm. some sort of abuse. Like if that is something that you've done in your past, you need to have clearly made leaps and bounds of progress right. in your mental health. And I think to bring it back full circle to Vanderpump Rules, I think about Jax, you know, like mm -hmm. Brittany forgave Jax. And I listened to his recent episode with Heather McDonald on Juicy Scoop. Mm -hmm. And he seems so light years ahead of where he used to be. Yeah, yeah. So redemption is available to everyone. Right. You sound like you're about, you're preaching the Mormon gospel for the record. I'm not about to bear my testimony, but I do think that I do think that the plan of salvation is real. I do think that you can become a better person. I agree. And also for what it's worth, women also cheat. This, this message applies to both men and women. Yeah. It's so complex. I also think like, look inward, everyone look inward because it's so easy to think you don't have the capacity for that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think that Really, it takes a lighthouse, having a lighthouse, having a moral compass, uh, knowing the monster within you, as someone would say, to understand, you know, the things that people are capable of when life gets hard mm -hmm. and the acts of desperation that they can fall to. And that is why people do need a North Star. Yep. You know what, Chandler? I wish Benjamin and Natalie well. Please use the code POP on BetterHelp for your free trial. Your journey. Benjamin yeah, and Natalie. 
the journey ahead. Blessings on your road. <laughs> Blessings on your road. <laughs> They're not actually, by the way, sponsors of us anymore. So that was free. I just don't want the FTC coming after us. Okay. Hashtag not ad, not an ad, <laughs> not an ad. And they're not associated with this podcast in any legal way anymore. <laughs> okay. So I want to tell everyone that I did do a trip to St. Bart's with some girlfriends last weekend. I was talking to you about it, Chandler, and I was like, yeah. is this annoying to talk about? Like, is this getting tone deaf and stupid? Or should I do like a guide to St. Bart's? Yeah. Because I want to be aware. The St. Bart's trip we did in a very, I think, economical way. And so I want to share all my tips, the ways to do it like as cheaply as possible if you need to. Yeah. Um, still have the most like rock and rolling and good of times. So I think what I'm going to do is like a quick 10-minute episode that's a standalone. Great. That way, if someone's searching St. Bart's on podcasts and they just want to hear those wrecks, they don't yep. have to get through the betrayal of Benjamin and Natalie <laughs> in order to hear about Nikki Beach. <laughs> You know, absolutely. I yes, I support it. I think this is a, you know a great way to organize our travel stuff, <laughs> and I think we're we're gonna try to do this you know for a lot of the destinations we go to. Yes, maybe we will call it like pop travel. We need a name for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm planning a trip to Italy currently for September, and so hopefully I'll do one of those after. Uh, you better. Okay, everyone. One more thing before we depart, I want to talk about Aaron and Sarah Foster's podcast. Now, it's not really good business to like shout out other podcasts right. and to advertise competitors, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to live in a space of there's enough for everyone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. an abundance mentality. Totally. And I think that if you love this podcast it's so bad, because literally like a free swap, but let's be honest, we're not on their level. So it's not that useful for them. Aaron and Sarah, their podcast, their episodes with each other, you will love it if you love this podcast. And yeah. I highly, highly recommend listening. And I want to share a few reasons why. So Aaron and Sarah Foster's podcast, like this podcast, it really reveals the minds of other people, which is kind of scary. Like mm -hmm. being able to, like, unless you've listened to someone for so many hours, you really kind of know their neuroses, right. their insecurities. Right. Like it's so easy and that like almost like spooks me out how well a lot of people or some people know us, me specifically. That's one thing that's come across when I've met listeners in the wild, people who, yeah. you know, I, I still can't believe I meet anybody who listens to this podcast that isn't like us and mom. But when I meet people, I feel like they really know me and like know what I'm going to joke about or know what like they just kind of know already my bits, not my like physical bits to be clear, but they like, they just like know my shtick, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that is a little jarring to me always because I'm like, oh wow. Like I've really danced for you all. You know, you really know who I am. Yeah. I heard Michael Bostick say it on the Skinny Confidential. Like when you have hundreds of hours of content up there, you cannot hide who you are. Mm -hmm. And it is right. really so true. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, it is so strange, like the one-way intimacy happening mm -hmm. on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I will say when we do see someone in the wild, which happens like very, very rarely, it is like one of the most fun experiences ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm obsessed. Um, we absolutely love it. So if you ever see us, please say something because it will yeah. make our life. It literally it makes year. my life. Yeah. It always feels like surreal. Okay. So anyway, back to Aaron and Sarah. 
I like their podcast because there's a few things about it I like. One is they live in a world that is very rarefied. Like they are people who they go to Gwyneth's house for dinner. Not like regularly Mm -hmm. that I can Mm -hmm. tell, but like they're on the invite list to a dinner. They're on an invite list to a group promotional event. Gwyneth has joined their podcast. They're in a group chat with other celebrities, which is, I can't even fathom that. They're in a group chat with other celebrities. And what I think is interesting is like you hear their own neuroses and insecurities come through Mm -hmm. and like the reality of what it is to be surrounded by people with a lot more, frankly, like, and they talk about this kind of like success than you. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still working. They're still grinding. They're on their, they're on their grind. Right. And you hear they're striving. Like Sarah is very admittedly like financially obsessed and like doesn't feel like she has enough, even though she has like a retired pro tennis player life partner. Yeah. And Aaron went through so many years of trying to be a writer, trying so hard mm-hmm. to be a writer yeah. and feeling like such a failure. Yeah. And even though they grew up in Beverly Hills, like you listen to them talk about their childhood, which was so fractured. Mm-hmm. I mean, David Foster is on my shit list. Right. Public enemy number one. That's like literally gonna be the title of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think about David Foster. Literally same. (laughs) And what he has done to those women. But I just think that it's so deeply relatable. And that is why I really like... Kagan is brushing his teeth with a really strong electric toothbrush. Oh, I can't hear it. By the way, when I got a little snippy with Kagan earlier, it's because he started playing a super loud Instagram story feet away from where I'm recording this podcast. And now it's just buzz, buzz, buzz. Looks like it's it's time to get that credit card. Time for card blonde spending. I have a software on here where you can't hear background noises. So I'm not just being a bitch for no reason is my disclaimer. He literally too, he just like walks in, brushes, sees me like laugh, like joking about it kind of seriously and just like, you know. Doesn't care. Okay. We know who wears the pants in this relationship. (laughs) Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's so important to know that no matter what level of success or wealth or marriage you achieve and relationship, kids, whatever, you're always going to have people around you who have the capacity, if you are embracing the dark side of your personality, to feel insecure and Mm -hmm. not good about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Financial insecurity is possible at so many levels right, of right. financial success. Yep. And so these girls have a venture fund together. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, the, I think they like on the board honest. at Bumble or something. Like they're <laughs> they're like creative leads on like so many different brands and sit on boards and are by all means like big name celebrities. Yes, and I will say too. There's like a lot of real wisdom happening on that podcast. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron's talking. And they had this conversation where Sarah was like, your show got picked up by Netflix. Like, why aren't you blasting this more? Why aren't you like talking about this on Instagram more? And Aaron's like, because if it's successful, people will know about it. I don't have to tell them about it. Right, right, right. And I think there's like some real lessons in like show don't tell, you know, let your success be your noise. Yeah. Like I think that there's some real wisdom happening and the back and forth Chandler is so you and me. This is so you and me. I am Sarah. You're Aaron. Yeah. And it is like so eerie to listen. Like Sarah at one point was like, 
saying how she doesn't understand why when she posts a third strap, she'll get like hate comments that are like, <laughs> you're so vain. Whereas if someone with like a more, you know, like a curvier body posts a third strap. I remember this. Women get like so many compliments. Yeah. And Erin had to like break it down for her. I know. Like she was in the first grade. Like flashcard why? style. Like, yes, Sarah, like these women have never had their bodies celebrated publicly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a reason why this conversation is happening. Right. And right. it just, the back and forth, it's just good. The good it's lessons. It's so good. Good girls. I'm right. so into them. Okay. I also want to plug another huge podcast that I don't, I don't think it even matters that we're like, that people might listen to them who might listen to our podcast because they're on another level. But I think Smartless has a similar, like fascinating angle for me because it's also three big celebrities. It's Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. And they're all like really great friends. And it is just so interesting to me to hear the inner workings of like celebrities being friends with each other. And hey, like, you know, the other night we were at dinner at Larry David's house and blah, blah, blah. Right, Um, right. And it's just, it's on another level, but I find it to be so fun. And they also have like a Netflix special where they like went on tour. And I just think like their dynamics are just amazing. And I think there's different levels of success between the three of them, but I mm-hmm. think they like, they neg each other, but then they also celebrate each other. And yeah, I feel like Smartless is just another excellent podcast. Yeah. I mean, I now people are never going to listen to this podcast again. We have officially lost our listeners no. and we probably should. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I think also, Laura, like, People who listen to podcasts listen to like 18 at a time. You know, no one's just like listening to only one podcast. No, it's true. And honestly, I find myself like, even though I'm such an avid consumer of content and I constantly have AirPods in, I cannot even walk across the room without picking a podcast first. I find myself like not having something to listen to frequently. Yeah. There's so many hours in the day to fill with content. Speaking of the Smartless documentary, which I highly recommend to anyone on Netflix who wants like some easy watching. Jason Bateman clearly has some type of like orthorexia, like eating disordered eating situation because he is constantly talking about food and how much other people are eating and making fun of them. So I think that's like very interesting to see play out in a man, you know, I think that's like something as women we're used to encountering, you know, with, with either within ourselves or like, you know, with other women, but I think it's very interesting to see it with a man. So that's one thing on a more serious note. And then Will Arnett is I think one of the funniest people ever. <laughs> he was telling this story. They were all talking about how great Brad Pitt is, right? And Will Arnett was like saying that basically they were at this event or party or something where Brad Pitt was, and they were talking about how he's just like the most normal guy, you know, just from Missouri. We have mixed thoughts on Brad Pitt, but I do believe, you I know, know. That he, if you were to encounter him, he's a, like a very nice guy, despite well, having. He's certainly affable. Maybe having, you know, a shadow side. But, anyways. Will Arnett speaks about how Brad Pitt came up to him and said, hey, man, I watched every episode of your show. I loved it. And like you did such a great job. And then he gave him like a big hug. And Will Arnett said that he was like, oh, yeah, like, thank you so much. And that he kind of like walked down the hallway and then just like found a room and then quickly slid down the wall because he was just like so overcome with like Brad Pitt, you know, celebrating him. And then without even missing a beat, Jason Bateman goes, that's so great. Who do you think he thought you were? That is hilarious. Isn't that so funny? I mean, and that's just like a little snippet of the way that they like neg each other without even like, they don't even skip a beat and they're just constantly giving each other a hard time. Bringing each other back down to earth. Literally. That's so great. Who do you think he thought you were? Um, (laughs) 
yeah, I need to listen to more of that podcast. I'm trying to listen to like smarter podcasts right now and less like total drivel. Well, I'll say it's not that smart. It's just them like having like chats. This is the part where we talk shit on Smartless. (laughs) I'm just saying it's not like, you know, Sam Harris. Yeah. Who I actually have new issues with, but I'll talk to you about that offline. Time for me to once again, revoke my $5.99 a month. Something I've done 20 times at least. I love Sam Harris. I just think he's fundamentally misguided on certain really important topics, not political. So before anyone calls me out for anything, this has nothing to do with politics. Like psychedelics or? It's not something I'm... I want to talk about publicly quite yet. Okay. Well, we will wait till you're ready. Till that blessed day. Okay, Chandler. Well, thank you so much for getting up at 8 a.m. in order to record this podcast on camera before you go into your 14-hour workday. Like, oh my gosh, the devil works hard, but Chandler Bledsoe works harder. Thank you. Um, You're welcome for being here today with this podcast, with you hosting. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. So everyone, we really need your help. Chandler and I are idiots in a major way, in so much that we have done a podcast for three years without doing calls to action, mm-hmm. like at the beginning and end, which right. is apparently really important. Huge. For someone who works in marketing, I kind of miss that one. The only time we ever did it was when we were like offering people money in the form of mm-hmm. giveaway. Right. So we are going to please ask you, share this podcast, help us grow this podcast that we've been working so hard on for now three years. Help us grow our wings because Please. what I will say is that the more we grow, the more content we can make, the right. more things we can make. We have a lot of big dreams for the show. Yeah. Um, we want to do more episodes more content, yep. more, more, more. So please share. Put a link of this episode on your stories, on your Instagram stories. Yeah. Use the little link button on Instagram. Pop a little link in there to your favorite episode. I think when people share a podcast that they like on their story, like I know for me, I constantly am like screenshotting podcasts I want to listen to. So it's just a really good organic way of like spreading the word if you like this podcast and you feel like the people who follow you might also like it. Absolutely. Also, another thing, please subscribe to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Go on Apple on your phone, wherever you listen and hit the follow button. Right. Spotify, hit follow. Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe. Please do that. That really helps our numbers. So if you can do those two things and if you're feeling extra benevolent, give us a five-star review. We would be deeply, deeply appreciative. Um, and with that, we will catch you on Patreon on Friday. Love you guys. See you Friday. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.